Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thanks for listening this Tuesday, October 5th, 2021. Topics on today's episode include my interview with John Sayer on trends for lenders in Q4 and heading into next year, and general economic forces driving mortgage rates. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Arch Mortgage Insurance. ArchMI provides an array of mortgage insurance products and services with the goal of providing easy access to their innovative MI solutions. ArchMI's competitive pricing tool, ArchMI RateStar, is the leading risk-based MI pricing model in the industry, and the buy-down feature allows originators to customize each borrower's MI payment. Please visit archmi.com to learn more. Paul P. writes to us, Hope is a good companion, but a poor guide. The nation is hoping that the share of loans in forbearance continues to decline. And it is. The Mortgage Bankers Association's latest forbearance and call volume survey revealed that the total number of loans now in forbearance decreased by 7 basis points from 2.96% of servicers' portfolio volume in the prior week to 2.89% as of September 26. According to MBA's estimate, 1.4 million homeowners are in forbearance plans. A decrease has been expected for some time. Many borrowers reached the 18-month mark and are seeing their forbearance plans end. For those borrowers who have exited in August and September, the majority either enter deferral plans or obtain modifications. For not-so-good news, TPO margin compression continues. Margins have indeed compressed versus 2020, but those were astronomical levels last year, benefiting lenders, and compared to historical averages, margins are currently not terrible, at least in the retail channel. For today's interview, I wanted to bring on John Sayer, Vice President of Client Success for Kiranos. He has been a secondary marketing and business development professional in the mortgage industry for over 30 years, holding senior positions at Guardian Mortgage, Caliber Home Loans, and NationStar. He also spent 15 years at Fannie Mae, with his last position being Vice President of Single Family Business for the Western United States. And for those of you that haven't yet heard about Kiranos, Kiranos was born out of the combination of two familiar industry powerhouses, Novantis and Informa's FBX business. Kiranos delivers a comprehensive mortgage origination and pricing intelligence benchmarking platform that allows mortgage lenders to understand their competitive price position and lending performance metrics, providing real-time mortgage peer benchmarking that enables lender rate comparison to assess overall competitive positioning to positively impact share, margin, risk, and operational execution. With access to weekly loan origination data representing over 50% of the mortgage market's applications, rate locks, and funding, Kiranos provides mortgage lenders real-time loan origination performance relative to the market. John, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, thank you, Robbie. Let's, let's start with uh, who is Kiranos? Because I know there was a merger recently and a name change. So if, if you could help our listeners out a little bit there, that'd be great. Absolutely. Uh, so Kiranos is a, is a newly created brand for us. Uh, you may know that we were formerly known as Informa and Icon, and we recently combined with a company called Novantis. Uh, basically, we help lenders understand their lending performance and their competitive position as we have for decades. So basically, Robbie, every week uh, we collect loan origination data from lenders, uh, applications, rate locks, and funded loan information from a broad spectrum of large lenders, including 15 of the top 20 lenders, and many small and mid-sized lenders. Uh, that data that we collect represents over half of all 
first and second lien loan originations across the country. Because of that, we consider it to be statistically significant. Additionally, uh, many of our clients participate in our competitor pricing analytics, basically our rate surveys, so that they can assess their competitive position relative to other named lenders. In summary, we provide timely data to lenders so that they can manage margins, understand their market trends, and assess loan origination opportunities. Well, it's certainly a valuable service that y'all provide. So I'm going to pick your brain here a little bit. What are some of the biggest trends we're seeing in the market? Yeah, it's just been an amazing year on top of an amazing year for lots of different reasons. Three things, Robbie, that I would say that stand out in my mind, looking at the data, maybe coming up with some things that aren't top of mind for folks. Uh, But looking now um, that the topic has come completely full circle over the last 12 months, and that's the non-owner second home volume trends for conforming loans, figuring out what has happened, what's the net result after the GOCs imposed the delivery limit, and then removed that limit, and what's occurred in between. Uh, The second thing I would share is really around the increased liquidity and volume that we're seeing in jumbo lending across the country. There's quite a few interesting backstories around rates, around really operations, people getting refinances done, and the credit profile that Jumbo Loans being originated. And then third, I think uh, very important uh, for many lenders as they assess um, capacity and and future originations is refinance trends. Uh, How have the consumer direct lenders adjusted to new market pressures? Um, really revisiting home equity lending, HELOCs, HELOans, assessing the trade-offs between those HELOCs and HELOans and borrowers taking out cash out refinances. So really three things top of mind for us that would uh, enjoy digging into. Yeah, let's dig into some of those. So now that we have run the proverbial gauntlet over the past year on FHFA, GSE delivery limits on non-owner and second home loans, was there an upside of that? What was the upshot of that somewhat traumatic experience? Yeah, it's, it's just really amazing. We've witnessed many lenders seeking and developing alternative liquidity options for non-owners and, uh, you know, GSE loans, second home loans, and GSO loans generally. Uh, that included depositories putting fixed rates into portfolio of GSE loans, really putting them in the portfolio as well as some larger market participants being able to execute on RMBS or private label securitizations. Uh, from a volume trend perspective, uh, we've been looking at locks and funded loans for non-owner second home loans across the retail correspondent and wholesale channels. And each of those has a little bit of a different story. Uh, in terms of lock activity, we saw a huge spike back in March when there was the market realization that that 7% delivery limit of second home and non-owner loans would actually be enforced. In fact, in one week, in one week, about 12% of all retail loans that were locked in, again, we have a statistically significant sample, very representative of the market, 12% of the retail loans that locked in in that one week were second home or non-owner loans. And of course, the GSE limit is 7%, right? And then you had in the correspondent channel, 24% of the loans locked in in one, in one week were non-owner second home loans. So, you know, 3X, uh, really the GSC limitation in that single week as lenders responded to the, really the door closing on liquidity. 
Uh, we observed another spike just last week after the announcement of the uh, rules being loosened. Retail locks, 10.5% of retail locks were second home non-owners. Correspondent was at 16%. And again, keeping in mind that the GSE limit uh, was 7%, so we're trending well about that. Dare I say now that the dust is settling on this topic, and, and it's all very recent, yeah. what's, what's the net result at the end of these past 12 months? Yeah, it's uh, pretty amazing. All told, really, over the last uh, 12 months, a little over 8% of retail loans and about 9% of uh, correspondent loans were indeed second home non-owners. Some fluctuations month to month, uh, but certainly an increasing trend over the last 12 months. Ironically, I would share uh, that it appears that the implementation of the GSE delivery limits may have actually stirred up more volume and originator focus on that, sec- on that market segment. Uh, as the mix of the non-earned second home loans has has really increased. And I would say also that on top of it, um, the alternative executions away from the GSEs and other sources of liquidity, again, that portfolio and also uh, private label securitizations were given additional impetus uh, to create uh, channels away from the GSEs. For part two of our interview, tune in tomorrow. There are three forces driving mortgage rates these days, and rates in general. Uncertainty about the effects of the pandemic drives money to the safety of fixed-income securities, moving rates lower. Inflation fear backed by data moves rates higher. And an infrastructure bill will cause more treasury borrowing and higher treasury yields. But there isn't a whole lot to report about what drove moves in the bond market, and thus interest rates, yesterday. I'll likely repeat myself for the rest of the week, as it should be said that investors are awaiting Friday's payrolls report which is expected to show the U.S. economy added over 400,000 jobs in September. August was a big miss. There was only one domestic economic release of note on the day, August factory orders for manufactured goods, which increased 1.2% month over month as the pace of order growth, particularly durable goods, improved noticeably. It is reflective of an improved growth outlook following poor sentiment over the majority of summer caused by the Delta variant. In Washington, where the podcast is being recorded for the first couple days of this week, The U.S. House of Representatives delayed its vote on a $1 trillion spending plan until a concurrent vote on a larger reconciliation package, which will reportedly be reduced to a maximum of $2.3 trillion from $3.5 trillion, happens. The August trade deficit, in at $73.3 billion, led off today's economic calendar. Later this morning brings Redbook same-store sales for the week ending October 2nd, non-manufacturing PMIs for September from Market and ISM, and two Fed speakers, Richmond's Barkin and Vice Chair of Supervision Corals. The desk of the New York Fed will purchase up to $4.8 billion of conventionals across 30-year 2% and 2.5% and 15-year 1.5% and 2%. We begin the day with agency MBS prices worse down a few ticks and the 10-year yielding 1.50 after closing yesterday at 1.48%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. The interviewer asks, how do you explain this four-year gap on your resume? And I respond, that's when I went to Yale. The interviewer says, that's impressive. You're hired. I said, thank you. I really need this job. (laughs) Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, ArchMI. ArchMI provides an array of mortgage insurance products and services with the goal of providing easy access to their innovative MI solutions. ArchMI's competitive pricing tool, ArchMI RateStar, is the leading risk-based MI pricing model in the industry. 
Please visit archmi.com to learn more. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.